Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Takes over. Taking over. Taking over. Faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it out. Hallelujah. Remain standing if you would. I want you to go to Genesis 11 and 9. Genesis 11 and 9. We are talking about war. Say war. war. And of course, last week we began to talk about spiritual warfare and, and things like that and how the real war we were in was really in a war with our faith. And that uh, the scripture says to fight the what? Good fight of what? Of faith. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never been in a good fight that I lost. Uh, I don't know if it's appropriate to call something a good fight if you lose that fight. Uh, I think it's only good to say that it's a good fight if you what? Won that fight. Uh, Genesis 11 and 9, you got it. Now, this is a familiar passage uh, of Scripture. <clears throat> We've talked about this several times before. It talks about the Tower of Babel. Say Babel. Babel. Essentially, what happened here is that the people came together and they said, listen, we're going to come together. We're going to build a tower. We're going to ascend to the heavens. And in Genesis 11 and 9, we see, therefore, its name is called Babel. Uh, which just means confusion. It's where we get the word for the city Babylon. It just means a place of confusion. Matter of fact, a lot of people live in everyday babbles because they're confused about whether they're coming, whether they're going, whether they're standing, whether they're sitting, etc. Because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all of the earth. Say this again when we say neighbor. Please understand, after everything that's come against you, you can't be passive now. Somebody shout, this means war. Part two. Father, I decrease that you might increase. Speak in this place. Do what you do when you do how you do what you do when you do it. Because you're just a great God like that. You're just an awesome God like that. And so tonight we pray that you would speak, God, to those that are in this physical campus, those that are on the Internet campus, wherever people are hearing this word. Speak clearly to them, God, that they might move and walk in those things that you have ordained in their lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Again, just encourage somebody and say, this means war. Tell them this means war. This means war. You can be seated tonight. Uh, as we talked in, in, in part one of this, that, that the real war we are in is a war of our faith. Say faith. And the scripture says that we are to fight the what kind of fight? fight. Of what? Faith. A, a, of faith. And we already said that a good fight is the kind of fight that you what? That, that you win. Now, I just need you to understand, a lot of people try to tell you, well, you know, at least I learned something from the fight. And that's wonderful, learning stuff from the fight. But you, if you're going to fight, you might as well just go on and win the fight. If you're going to get cut up and bloodied and messed up, anyhow, you might as well win if that's what's going to happen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Touch your neighbor and say, I intend to win 
Every time, every, every time. See, I, I may have had some setbacks and some things happen in my past, but I intend to use every situation I encounter now, I expect to win, which means even if it don't feel like I'm winning, somehow, some way, I believe that I'm going to win. Now, now, I want you to go to Colossians chapter number two, Colossians chapter number two. The good fight is the fight of our faith. So you're not fighting with the devil. So get off all of that kind of stuff. Talking about, I just was rebuking and binding the devil. Listen, God has already handled him, and we're going to take care of that. Got it? The fight we're fighting is a fight of our faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One of the Greek words for faith is the word pistis, P-I-S, T-I-S. It just literally means true. So then faith really is the difference between a fact and the truth. See, the fact may be that your bank account's empty, but that's not the truth. The truth is, is that since you're a tither, and since you're a giver, that your God's going to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. That, 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 that's the truth. See, a fact may be the doctor says it doesn't look like you're going to make it, but that's not the truth. The truth is, is that with his stripes, I am healed, which means it does not matter what the facts say as long as I get a revelation of what the truth is. And the truth is what God's word says about it. See, people got a lot of facts, but what you got to learn how to do is to be able to separate fact from truth because they're not the same. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, let's go ahead and deal with this. Colossians, Colossians chapter 2. Where I tell you go? What verse? Good. Yeah, I'm just making sure y'all are spiritual. Colossians 2, go to verse number 13. Got it? It says, has, he has what? Delivered us. Got it? So this, this ain't something that's getting ready to happen. This has happened. If you're a believer in Jesus, and if you're not, before this experience is over, you know what I'm getting ready to say. We're going to believe that you're going to be a believer in Jesus. And he has what? Delivered us from the power of darkness. Now, what is darkness? Darkness is the absence of the knowledge of God. See, when you don't know how big your God is, you'll start thinking your problems are pretty big. But when you get a revelation and understand that your God is not just big, but your God is. No, 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 you missed it. Not just is my God big, because big is relative. My God just is. And since he is, that means he's greater than any situation, any circumstance that I find myself facing. So he has what? Delivered us from the power of what? Darkness. G -g got it? Now, and conveyed us or, or transported us into the what? Kingdom of the son of his love. In, in essence, what the scripture is saying is, is understand this. That you are free from darkness. Say, I'm free from darkness. And I've been moved to the kingdom. Now, the kingdom is what? Heaven's attributes on earth. The kingdom is God's MO. It's how God does what he does when he does what he does. In essence, the kingdom, matter of fact, Jesus never really preached the cross. People preach the cross, and that's nice, and that's wonderful. But Jesus didn't preach the cross. Jesus preached the kingdom. What's the difference? Jesus said, yes, I'm going to die, and yes, I'm going to get up again. But what you need to understand is, is that all of that is more than just me dying and getting up again. It's so that I can convey you or transport you into a kingdom. Now, check this out. Here's how the kingdom works. The kingdom works where when God is first, say first thing first, when God is first, the way the kingdom operates is now God's mode or operation of doing things in your life. That's what begins to happen in your life. So let me just ask you something. Is God sick? No. Uh-huh. Uh, do you think anybody in heaven is sick? No. So then why in the world would you tolerate that? You'd only tolerate that if somehow, some way, you've convinced yourself that you're still bound by the power of darkness. But you're not bound by the power of darkness. You've been conveyed or transported into the kingdom. Which means however God does it is how I want it done. Which means if God likes his uh, well done, I want mine well done. You follow what I'm trying to say? Which means God says all things that he does, he does well. Which means everything that we're doing and everything that's happening in our lives, it ought to be happening how? Well. Now, let's keep looking here. Look, look, look there. Verse, verse, verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now, that's just very simple. Redemption means that you're being bought or you're being purchased. So, literally, please understand, you, you got a pretty expensive price tag on you. That, that's why some of you got some of the taste you have because there's an expensive price tag on you. Look at somebody say, you cost a lot. 
Because redemption means he bought you. He paid for you. See, if you take a coupon to a, uh, to a store to utilize the coupon, you redeem the coupon. Uh, th- you, you, that means you're utilizing it or, or, you're, uh, uh, or, or maximizing the potential that's there. So the scripture says that he has redeemed us or he purchased us. Got it? Now, please understand, God didn't go through all of that trouble of purchasing you, giving his life and being treated like an animal having his beard plucked from him, having a crown of thorns placed in his head. He didn't go through all of that and pay for you, for you to think you're just finna do your own thing. They used to have a saying that says, sometimes it's cheaper to keep her. Uh, Sometimes God says, listen, it's cheaper for me to keep you than it is for me to let you get out there and mess your life up. So sometimes God says, you had plans to go one way, but I'll mess up and destroy all of your plans to go that way and send you this way because it's cheaper to keep her. Sometimes. Y'all in here? He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For uh, by him all things are created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Watch this. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Look at verse 17. And he is what? Before all. All things. <laughs> God, how did this happen? God said, I got in front of that. And the reason I'm not worried about you going through that is because I went before you to make sure that by the time you got there, you'd be able to handle whatever in front of you. So the reason you can't quit on God now, and the reason you can't throw him the towel now is because God says, I went in front of you so I could prepare the way for you. Because before me is all things, and in me all things consist. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have what? Preeminence. Now, 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 now watch this. What does all that mean? We've been conveyed to the kingdom. God's MO. Heaven's attributes on earth. Now, you got to get this. You hear me talk about this a lot, and the reason is because it's real difficult for people to get this. It's really difficult for people to conceptualize or to even uh, get a firm grasp on the concept that perhaps a very perfect and incredible God could actually use them in such a way that would be called heaven. See, Luke 17, 21 says that the kingdom of God is neither here nor there, but it's where? In here. Now, the kingdom is what? Heaven's attributes on earth. It's God's MO, which means heaven's attributes on earth live in you. Which means, in fact, then, it means, in fact, this is what it means. Now, watch this. Let's take a jump. It means that you are heaven. Got it? Now, I know your life may feel like it's hell on earth. But that's only because God's trying to get you to understand you need to realize who you are. The only way that you recognize the difference between darkness and light uh, and light is to put them next to one another. So the only way, I'm a preacher, somebody. So the only way you realize that heaven on earth is in you, the only way you're going to realize that is if you're juxtapositioned or right next to some hell. So that's why God will take you and place you in a hellish situation, in a hellacious situation, and in a dark situation. So God can say, see, I needed you to see the difference. I needed you to see that you were the light. Now say this means war. Now, now check this out. Now check this out. So when we find ourselves in tight situations, when we find ourselves in situations where, where we're in a war, you, you know a war. A war is where you got all kinds of stuff coming at you. Got it? And sometimes you're not even sure whether it's friendly fire or what kind of fire you got coming at you. Anybody know what I'm talking about about, about war? Now, now here's what the average person does. And if you're average, this is what you do. And I want to invite you to join the club I'm part of, which is called the Above Average Club. I'm not being arrogant. I'm just being confident in the scripture. See, look at your neighbor and say, if you haven't joined the Above Average Club yet, tell them. I suggest you join tonight. I I suggest. Because the average person sees trouble coming, and you know what they do? They start. Like a dramatization, you understand? 
They start running because they think, oh, my gosh, all of this stuff is coming against me. It was so much easier when I wasn't doing nothing. It was so much easier when I wasn't serious about serving God. But now that I'm serious, it seems like all this stuff is coming against me. So what do they do? They run and they hide, not understanding when war gets declared against you. You got one thing to do, and that's to declare war on the thing that's declared war against you. The way we declare war is through our faith. I've already said that. Fight the good fight of what? Faith. Now, I want you to look at this. I want you to look at this. So the question is, well, how do I declare war? Bishop, it's real simple. You increase your faith. Now, now, I know somebody saying, well, how, how do I increase my faith? Wonderful question. Go to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Okay. So when trouble comes against you, <laughs> you look at trouble and say, you must not know about me. You must not know about me. I own all this up in here before. There was, there was at a time in the history of our nation a, a militant uh, generation, a militant people that would not sit back and tolerate and take what was the status quo was. And uh, they said, this is just not happening like this. And so you do what you want to do, but I bet you I'm going to stand for what I stand for. And I believe that, that, that even in the times that we're living in now, that God is using situations like high gas prices and using situations like all of this foolishness going on where people can be openly racist in public forums. And I believe God's using situations like all of the economic situations and turmoils that the world's going through. I believe God's using that kind of stuff to make us militant. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. I'm not talking about no militant, anti-government weirdo stuff. So let me be very clear about what I'm talking about. You better pay your taxes or they're coming to get you. So I want y'all misunderstanding, talking about I was at that church and that preacher said get militant. I'm not paying. Well, you go into jail and I'm going to tell them where you live. I'm they live. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, watch this, watch, watch this. Sometimes it takes an enemy in order to bring out the inner me. And if the inner me is heaven, sometimes it takes hell in order to bring out the heaven. Now, y'all are missing what I'm saying. You're missing what I'm saying. So God uses enemies. He uses them like pawns. It's like a game of chess. God plays chess with himself. He sits on one side. He moves something over here. Then he jumps on the other side and says, I'll move that over here. And all the while, God is saying, I need to see what you're going to do about it. Are you going to sit back and retreat and be passive and be weak and, oh, woe is me? Or are you going to rise up and say, wait a minute. Say, Lord, increase my faith. Say it again. Lord, increase my faith. Now, look at this. I'll tell you, you go James chapter 2. James chapter 2, go to verse 17. Uh, actually, yes, verse 17. Now, watch this. Thus, faith by itself. If it doesn't have works, it's dead. So I need you to get this. So when we say, Lord, increase my faith, most people think of some intangible thing. You know how most people think about faith? It's, it's, I don't want to use that example because I don't want, you know, I'm going to use that example. But most people think of faith like they're concentrating really hard. I was going to use something else a little bit more demonstrative. But uh, when you're concentrating really hard, it's like, oh, give me faith. I feel the faith. Mm, faith. Mm, faith. You know, like it's, you know, do you know what I'm saying? And you know, you, you know, you know, see, see, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like those moments, like when you, like Sunday, once you leave the experience, like, I got faith. Do something. And then come around about Monday night, Tuesday. I don't know. I just. Lord, just see, Lord, where are you at? You were shouting, bucking, tearing the church up that weekend. But come about Monday night, Tuesday afternoon, 
all of a sudden, God, just why is all this happening? God, I just, Lord, I just, it just seemed like, Lord, the more I try, the more worse happened to me, and the more I do for people, the more people do to me. And Lord, why is it, Lord? Lord, I just don't know what to do, Lord. And then you, have, you broke out in full tears on a call with a customer. Can we be real? Okay, all the real people. Would you, how many people you've, you've had moments where, where, I mean, you full of... And then some stuff comes against you, and all of a sudden it's like, I don't know, this is so hard. I just, I just, oh God, I don't, I don't know. Somebody say, How you doing? I don't know. I don't know. You going to church? I don't know if I'm going to church. I just, you know, I lost that $20, and I just ain't never going to get that $20. Matter of fact, I lost $25, and it just doesn't seem like I'm just going to get my $25 back. That's an inside check. Ah. Uh, Here's the problem. You, 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 got, you got brain faith. You just don't have Bible faith. You got it up here. Problem is, this ain't got nothing to do with nothing. What, 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 are, you, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? You got faith as long as you can conceptualize it and understand it, but, but you don't have Bible faith yet. Because what's Bible faith? Verse 17, faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. What's that? That's brain faith. Bible faith puts action with faith. So, so Bible faith says you get a bill, that means you give more. No, you, you, you missed what I said. I'm going to back that up, back it up, back it up. Let's back it up. You get a bill in the mail. Now, your brain faith is thinking, oh, my God, I just, I don't know how, oh, my God, I just, oh, my God, and I didn't even budget this, and what am I going to do? And I can't go get another payday loan, and I can't do this, and what am I going to do? No, no, no. That's brain faith. Are you coming down praying, I just need prayer over that bill I just got. I just need prayer over that bill. That's brain faith. Got a little bit, I know the Lord's going to do it. But then why are you, all that? That's brain faith. See, brain faith is a schizophrenic. That's brain faith. See, brain faith, oh, yes, they, oh, do it, Jesus, do it, Jesus, do it, Jesus. Then they done in a couple hours. Lord, it's just, I just don't know. That's brain faith. It's brain faith. Bible faith says you get the bill in the mail. It's, it's not in your budget, not in your plan, whatever. Bible faith says, well, there's only one way to see financial increase in my life. Luke 6.38 says the only way I can see increase in my money is I have to give. Now, I know you may not want to hear that because your brain faith wants to, but you got to hear the Bible. I got to tell you the Bible. So the Bible says, Bible says you want out of debt, give your way out of debt. Because the only way you increase your bankroll is you got to learn how to correct your soul. So, 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 so then Bible faith says, if the only way I can get financial increase is through giving. See, Bible, nowhere in the Bible can you pray for money. You just said, Lord, just send me some money. Well, yeah. How's that working out? This last time you got a check in the mail, sign Jesus. <laughs> With a smiley face on the end. Got it? The scripture says that you give your way out. Got it? So Bible faith says, even though it would make more sense for me to try to scrap pennies together to try to figure out a way to pay this, I realize that if what I have is not enough to meet my need, it's not my harvest, it's my seed. So Bible faith, y'all getting real quiet when I'm talking about money now. They all something else, ain't it? So, so, so then Bible faith says, if the only way the scripture says I can see financial increase is I got to give my way to that, then even though it's completely counterintuitive to give, when I should be figuring out ways to scrape together, I'm going to give and say, God, I believe you're so big that I'm going to put works with my faith. I don't just say you're big. I'm showing you how big I think you are. See, 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 see. We're going to get you past this brain thing. Let's, let's get you past this brain thing. Look at verse 18. But someone will say, your neighbor, you have faith and I have works. Got it. So one person says, well, I do. One other person says, well, I just believe. So look, at, look at what he says. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith 
by my works. Which means you want to know what I believe? Look at what I do. So if you believe your God is great, then why are you doing all that worrying? If the scripture says pray about everything and worry about nothing, why are you worried about everything ain't prayed about nothing? Because the scripture says, he says, James says, I'm going to show you my faith by my works. Let me give you another word for works, by my actions. See, faith and action are like being in a rowboat, but it's just you. Now, you got one oar over here, one paddle going over here, got one going over here. Now, if you just use faith, got it? Oh, I'm just believing the Lord. I'm believing the Lord for a car. I ain't been to the dealership. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm believing the Lord for some friends, but you mean. I'm believing the Lord for some friends, but you got a sour puss attitude. I'm believing the Lord to use me, yet you ain't never available. I'm going to say that one again. I want the Lord to use me, yet you ain't never available. The Lord can only use somebody that's available. You understand that? That's what a song used to say, Lord, I'm available to you. Why? Because, but please understand, the scripture says many are called, a few are chosen. You want to know the ones that get chosen, the ones that show up? So one half, one over here, you got, you got I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. And it's brain faith. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Bible faith says, I believe and I do. I believe and I do. I believe and I do. Do it with me. I believe, uh-huh, and I do. Do it again. I believe and I do. Hey, hey. Okay, you got it. Because watch this. If you only believe, you know what you're going to do? Maybe you've never been out on the water. I tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go in circles. Round and round you go. Ooh-wee. Are you here? If you only do, because you know a lot of people, they don't pray, but they just do. They just do stuff. They don't pray. They don't, they don't do nothing. They just do. If you only do, you're going to go in circles. What I have to do is I have to believe and I have to do. And you'll know what I believe because it's found in what I do. So if you believe your God is big, then stop treating him like he's small. Your God is not a mini-me person. Nothing, I mean, you understand, you know, he's, he's just big. Y'all still here? Now look at this, look at this. Look at verse 19, because here's what some people say. I just believe in God. Look at verse 19. You believe there's God. Great. Even the demons believe that. Difference is they're scared of him. You're not. They know he'll get after them if they keep on acting crazy. You just live like you can do whatever you want to do. It ain't nothing going to happen. He, he, said, he said, you believe in God. Great. That's not enough. Say, that's not enough. It's not enough to just say, I just believe in God. Well, baby, we, we should have covered that the day you made a decision to follow. If you were still talking about I believe in God, then we got another conversation we need to be having. Because if you're still doubting whether or not he's there, then, then you're going to have a lot of hell unnecessary. Amen. What do you mean I'm going to have a lot of unnecessary hell? Because nine times out of ten, the stuff you go through is just going to be God trying to prove to you he's there. So you're going to create some extra chaos. I don't know about you, but I don't need no extra chaos. I don't want no extra drama. I got enough on the schedule. I don't need no extra. Verse 20. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works or action or doing is what? Dead. Was not Abraham, my father, justified by works or action when he offered up Isaac, his son, to the altar? So check this out. Let's walk through this. I want to make sure you get this. God says, God says, Abraham, yes, Lord, take your son up and kill him. Now, that, listen, that takes some faith to believe that. Because you think, oh, wait a minute, God, I thought this was the promise you, you told me. I, this, was, this is he. Are you telling me to go kill him? You, you want me to kill him, Lord? You want me to murder? I, okay. Got it. 
He could have stopped there and said, well, Lord, I'm just waiting for you to send a hurricane. I'm just waiting on you to do it, Lord. He said, no, let's go, Isaac. Where are we going? Oh, I'll tell you something when we get there. And you've seen me illustrate it several times. They leave. He's, Abraham's got his son's hand. They're walking up the mountain. Hey, son, so, you know, you did a real good job, man. That was a good job. You was playing, um, uh, you know, down at Jerusalem uh, Middle School. You was doing a real good job, son. <laughs> you doing real good, son. That, that's real good. That's real good. Now, how you be doing when you Talit get over and, you, you know, you know the, they start walking up the side of the mountain. Talit's one of the garments. Yeah, they start walking up the side of the mountain. And he's like, oh, Daddy, what is it, son? Uh, you said we were going to sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, maybe y'all change the way y'all do it. But last time I thought, I thought we needed an animal. Come on, son, just don't, don't, be, don't be asking me all them questions. <laughs> you, you know, parents, how you do it. Just don't, be, don't be asking me all them questions. Just come on here. They don't ask me all them questions. Let's go. And so they start walking up the mountain, start walking up the mountain, start walking up the mountain. What is he doing? Just that. He's doing. He ain't sitting down there talking about, well, Lord, just kill him when you're ready. No. He said, let's go, boy. God told me you got to go, which means you got to go. Now, imagine the faith it would take for that. Parents, just for a moment, imagine if God says they got to go. And not now, but right now. Walk them up that mountain. Got it? Because it's, it's love. Who do you love more? See, the scripture says, Jesus says, unless the, the King James Version says, unless you hate your mother, father, brother, sister. The word hate there is not accurate for hate. It means love less. It says, unless you love everybody else less than him, then you're not worthy of him. So God says, Abraham, who you love more? You're going to prove it today. Take that boy up to that mountain. And so what does he do? He starts doing. And as he starts doing, watch this. God says, all right, I'm convinced. You love me, don't you? You love me, don't you, boy? I know you love me. I, I know you do. I know you do. You believe me, don't you? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, don't you? I tell you what, don't kill him. On the other side of the mountain, there's a ram that got caught up in the thicket that I've prepared for you. You're not going to have to make this sacrifice. See, sometimes God will ask you to make the sacrifice to see how far you'll take the sacrifice so he figures out what he's really dealing with. Because, see, you can't want blessing on this level but got faith on this level. See, your faith, the level of blessing you walk in has to be commensurate with the level of faith you operate in. See, because bigger faith requires bigger risk, but bigger risk, come on, business people, require uh, uh, pays in bigger rewards. Now, look at this. He says, uh, 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 Abraham believed, uh, where are we at? Abraham believed and was counted from the righteous, and he was called a what? Friend of God. Go back up to verse 22. Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and works, and by works, faith was made perfect? Now, say this with me. Say, what I do makes my faith perfect. Where perfect there really means whole. It means it's not lacking. So check this out. If, 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 if faith has levels, and the scripture says that it does, faith to faith, glory to glory. If faith has levels, say faith has levels. Here's the deal. At level one faith, there's a level one sacrifice. There's level one obedience. Got it? The issue is, is if you want level 10 faith, it's going to require level 10 sacrifice, level 10 action, level 10 works. Does that make some sense? So, so that's, why, that's why some of you say, it seems like it's so much tougher now. Duh. You've been saved for 15 years. It should be tougher now. I hope you wouldn't think he'd keep using the same level one stuff with you. And you sitting about, oh, I'm a tour. I let the Lord. I walk in this. God's called me to do this. Great. Well, then since you purport to be a level 10, it's time for you to go through some level 10 stuff. It got real quiet right there. Here's the good news, though. Watch this. He says, verse 24, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Look at 25. Likewise, was not Rahab loose? 
Here's, what, here's, here's the point God's trying to make, or the Scripture's trying to make. The point the Scripture's trying to make is, is that God says, regardless of what your background is, regardless of what your past failures or issues were, there's one thing that pleases God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So then if real Bible faith is not only what I believe, but it's also found in what I do, then really what we're saying is what I do. Okay. Watch it. Watch it. It says, likewise, Rahab, wasn't she a harlot? Now, for those of you not familiar with what biblical terminology means, that just means she was well known around town. She was a woman about the town. She was, y'all get it yet? Or do I, should I work it a little further? Everybody knew who Rahab was. Your cousin, your brother, your mama. That kind of town, that kind of town. It was just, everybody knew who Rahab was. Everybody knew who Rahab was. You, you understand that? Your little nephew, <laughs> you know. You follow what I'm saying. Was not she also justified, watch this, by works, when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. Got it? Check this out. What happens with Rahab is that they're in the city. As they're in the city, God uses her. I've got to make this very quick. God uses her in order to get some of his people through the city, and she receives them and sends them another way so that they're not captured. In all, in all of that, God says, wasn't her evidence of faith through what she did? So God's saying, if even Rahab, who's got a messed up past, and can we be honest, all of us up in here got some Rahab in the past. Your Rahab may have not been Rahab's Rahab, but you got some Rahab. You got some past. Touch your neighbor and say, you got some past. You, you got some stuff. You got some thoughts. You got some issues. You got some nastiness that you don't want nobody to know about. You got some Rahab in but, 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 but the scripture says, if even she, with all of her past, with all of her stuff, could access God through faith, well, then you know what that tells me? You and I can as well. Now, say the good fight is the fight of faith. Let me give you this to you very quickly because I got four minutes left. Watch this. Say this means war. Okay, so now I told you, I told you, you've already come out of darkness, so stop talking about I'm fighting the devil, I'm fighting the devil, I'm fighting the devil. You got that? Okay, you got that. You got to touch your neighbor and say, you got that? Okay, good. So then the fight we're actually fighting is a fight of what? Faith. And what we want is the Lord to increase our faith. Now, we increase our faith through what? What we do. Got it? So sometimes that means you got to do something just to, to, to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Sometimes you got you to gotta write a check and say, God, I'm doing this just to push my own self out of my comfort zone. Got it? The scripture says what we do perfects or makes whole our faith. Got it? Because the fight or the war we're in is a war of faith. So when we say this means war to anything coming at us, what we're saying is watch me faith you. I ain't got to fight you. Watch me faith you. I wish I had a church in here. Watch me. I'm going to faith you all up and down this street. Say something else. I'm going to faith you in your face. I'm going to faith you in your jaw. I'm going to faith you to you bloody. Touch the neighbor. Say faith it, faith it, faith it. Watch me. Some of y'all used to be fighters. So what I'm saying, I ought to be real comfortable to you. You're looking for a fight. What's he say? All the way across the room and you're trying to find something wrong with it, they said. Looking for a fight. I mean, you wake up in the morning, get in the car, looking for a fight. Let somebody pull and get in front of me. It's 7.30 in the morning, man. You need to just chill out. Let me see him. Ooh, I'm going to say something to him. And you know you just be saying that to yourself because when you see him, you punk out. And calling it the Lord. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. That probably was the Lord. Keeping you from creating another bill. 
I don't just have to get in the ring and fight it. I get something higher. See, that's why God says, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. My ways are not like your ways. You want to fight it, I want you to faith it. And we learn that faith is not only what I believe, but what I do. Because what I believe is found in what I do. I don't want brain faith. I want Bible faith. So here, here are the enemies. Here are the enemies. I got 30 seconds. Here are the enemies. Here are the enemies that, you, that you're going to confront during war. You ready? N- number one is Satan transforming to an angel of light. And I made reference to this in part one. Satan transforming into an angel of light. I made reference to this in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. There's a scripture. Write it down. Study in your own time. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. The scripture says, and no wonder Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. The word angel there is, is the word that translates directly to the word pastor. Now, here's what, he, here's what that means. Satan transforms himself into people who think they're spiritual, trying to tell you unspiritual stuff. I'm going to say that again. He transforms himself to people that you think are spiritual, that are teaching or saying things that are very unspiritual to you. And so they're saying things to you that have nothing to do with the will of God. They're telling you their opinion and something they saw for some know-nothing nobody that don't know how to teach nothing off some television, but they don't know what the Scripture says. So, so the scripture says, the scripture says, and no wonder, Satan will never just walk up to you and say, I'm the devil getting ready to deceive you. No, instead, he walks up to you and looks spiritual. He walks up to you and looks deep and he walks up to you and he'll say something to you that will totally mess you up, jack you up, turn you up, having you going down the wrong path. And you're thinking, oh my God, because he transformed himself into somebody that looked spiritual, but was very unspiritual. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Second thing you got to deal with, second thing you got to deal with is ignorance of the word. Now, 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 this is, this is important. You can get these scriptures, Hosea 3, 6 through 11. Hosea 3, 6 through 11, write that down. You, you, you can only increase your faith to the extent that you understand the word. Let me say it to you like this. If, if you're building, now, you, you, ever, you ever got home and took something out of the box that you were going to build and said, I got this. And four hours later, after you'd had to take it all down, because that little part that you thought didn't go right there, that actually went right there. Please don't look at me with that tone of voice. Got it? Only to the extent you, extood the, you understood the directions were you able to be effective at constructing the end result. If this is the directions, if I'm ignorant of the directions, I'm going to build something, but I'm going to have to tear it down. I'm going to build something, but it ain't going to hold no weight. I'm going to build something, but it's not going to function and fold the way it's supposed to do. So what you got to do when you're talking about, say, this means war, what you got to do is decide to make yourself a disciplined student, which means every time you can get in these doors, you get in these doors. Every time you can listen to a CD teaching, you listen to it. Why? Because you're saying, I am building my faith right now. And the wonderful thing about it is that it's passive. See, anybody work out in here? Hey Amen. Now watch this. Now watch this. When you, when you work out, Here's the deal. You can do cardio, and that's cool. Here's the problem. Cardio stops when you stop it. I'm going to help somebody. Because you didn't know after you quit running, your body ain't burning. No more calories. It's done. But there's something called building muscle. And when you build muscle, even after you're no longer working out, the muscle is still burning calories for you. Which means even if you're passively listening to it and you're doing something else or you got it playing in your living room or you got it playing in your car and you're on the phone. Even when you're passively listening to it, maybe you're sleeping but you put the word on while you're going to sleep. I'm like, I'm talking to anybody. Even when you're passively listening to it, I'm building muscle, baby. Which means when it's time to flex my muscle, I'll be able to flex it because I was burning calories the whole time. But your faith only works to the extent you understand the word. Because you'll start trying to do stuff that's God's responsibilities because you don't know that the word says that that's his responsibility, not your responsibility. Next thing. I got to move. Next thing. Next thing. <clears throat> Next thing. Uh, rebellion. Got real quiet. Y'all something else. Re- re- rebellion. Jeremiah 17, 23. You can write that down. Jeremiah 17, 23. And in, 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 in war part three, we go into these in more detail, but I just want to give them to you very quickly here. In rebellion. What is rebellion? Rebellion is, you know the word says A, 
you choose to do B and hope that you still get the result from A. And you know what's crazy about that? That's like going to Wendy's and ordering a Big Mac and being mad when they give you the W. Some, some of y'all maybe don't eat there. And so, what's the W? Right. It's their version of the Big Mac. What's the point I'm trying to make? You, you, you can't do your own thing and expect God to say, all right. Okay, fine. What you got to do is, is how many people want to be on God's side? Good. So when you get on God's side, God will be on your side. That's so profound, you missed it. The weight of the profundity of that is amazing. Listen, when you get on God's side, then God will be on your side. Did you check that out? Which means by deductive logic, read it in, read it out. When you're on your side... God over there. So the best thing you can do is get on his side so then he'll be on your side and y'all will be on each other's side. Got it? So how do I fix rebellion? If you know you've been rebellious, you know you've done something contrary to what you need to do, you say, okay, Father, in the name of Jesus, boom, 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 boom. You cover it, you get it, and then you move on from there. You don't stay stuck in the rebellion, you fix the rebellion. You don't just apologize for it, but you turn from it. Scripture says repent, not apologize. Apologizing means I didn't mean to do that. You do it again. Repent means I didn't mean to do it. I'm going to put every safeguard I can in place to keep me from doing it again. All right? Y'all all right? I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got 25 seconds. Watch this. Keep giving myself time extensions. Next thing, fighting the wrong enemy. Scripture says, Ephesians 6, 12. And again, we're going to these more in part three, but, but, but essentially the scripture talks about, <clears throat> but we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Got it? Which means if you fighting folk, you already out. It's something behind the folk that you're dealing with. So you nah, I'm a ten, nah, I'm a ten. I said all that. But if you fighting folk, you already, because the book already told you we don't wrestle. Let me say it another way. Wrestle. Let me say it another way. Fight. Let me say it another way. Contend with flesh and blood. Look at the neighbor and say, quit fighting me. Here's how it works. Here's how it works when, when, when we get involved fighting one another. Here's what happens. You fighting, and there's somebody else, else over here, another believer over here fighting. Now, notice what both of y'all do. Now, both of y'all, y'all are spiritual people, right? Y'all just having an unspiritual moment. So check this out. Check this out. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Y'all fighting one another. Y'all fighting one another. Well, she didn't say hi to me. I ain't saying nothing to her. See, see, I didn't like the way she put all that extra in what she said to me. Boom, 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 boom. Here's the problem. You got the shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, belt of truth, feet of shod with the preparation of the gospel. You got all that wonderful stuff. Problem is you ain't got nothing for your back. So while y'all fighting one another, your back is totally exposed. And that's why the scripture says don't get caught up fighting with people. Because while you fighting them, somebody going to be running back here. So the scripture says instead say, I ain't even got time for this. I'm... Instead, you get my back, I got your back, and now we fighting back to back. Which means you pray for me, I'm praying for you. You say something for me, I'll say something for me. You look out for but that requires maturity. And the truth is, most Christian folk ain't there yet. But you hang around here long enough, you're going to get there after a while. After a while, after a while. Oh, 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 Jesus. Last thing, conforming. Romans 12, 2, conforming. When you want to be like an environment that's unspiritual, rather than change an environment that's unspiritual, you already lost that fight, that faith. Say this means war. This means war. This means war. Say, Lord, give me this fortitude to do what I believe. Even when it looks scary, I'll faith it. Even when it looks impossible, I'll faith it. 
If you're a warrior, hop on your feet in this place. If you're a warrior, hop on your feet in this place. Hallelujah. I am not out of teaching, but I am out of time. Father, we honor you for this time tonight. We thank you for this word. Father, we thank you that what we got to do is increase our faith. We increase our faith through what we do. This means if we really believe all of what we say we believe about you, it will be found in what we do. We thank you for this word tonight, Father. We thank you that the word's building muscle in us. And even when we're passively listening, we're still building muscle, which means it's still working for us even when we're not directly engaged in it. We honor you. Very quickly, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you don't know Jesus, I don't want to assume you do. If you need to know him, tonight's your night to know him. If you know Jesus, but you fell away from Jesus, you've been doing your own thing, come on back to the Lord tonight. Why would you stay out there in the foolishness and the mess that you've done? Why won't you just come back to Jesus tonight? If either one of those is you on the count of three, I want you to throw your hand up because we're going to put some in that hand. One, two, three. If that's you, throw that hand up. Hallelujah. 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 I see you. Hallelujah. 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 Now everybody say this and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that God sent Jesus to die in my place because of this belief and because of this confession. If this is my first time praying this, I'm born again. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. In Jesus' name, would you celebrate in here tonight? Would you celebrate in here tonight? Now listen, if you received that gold card or maybe you didn't get an opportunity to receive it, if you did that, we're going to tell you what to do with that card in just a moment, but we're excited for you. Hug two or three people around you and tell them, faith it, faith it, faith it, faith it, faith it, faith it. You can be seated. We're going to see what's happening at your campus this week. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.